0: Hello, and welcome to Make Mine Multiversity, the best podcast in our universe for exploring the Marvel Multiverse.
1: I'm Elias Rosner. And I'm Jana Hill. And today, we're welcoming in the summer by talking about the Summers family. Excelsior. So what are we doing here? You know, recently, um, I got a friend, I got my friend into Hoxpox. I was, I told her, old school friend, I was like, "Uh, this is, this comic is good, you should read it. And she checked it out, and then she was just like, so these Summers guys are related to each other? And I was like... Oh boy. And um, (laughs) being a library person, she um, is now trying to make a, um, like, super database of all the X-Men characters, Um, and she was like, but but the, so she started getting into it, and the Summer's family tree scared her. Yeah.
0: Yeah, there there are a few family trees that genuinely scare me to look at. A few charts. This is one of them. Well, just out of curiosity, what else is in the running? Um... The Umi Neko horse chart, which if you know, you know, and if you don't, please God, don't seek it out.
1: Uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I'm I'm safe, I guess. But you got, yeah. um, I feel like the Allen family tree over at DC is pretty complicated, right?
0: Yeah, I guess. I think the Allen family tree is, it doesn't scare me as much because it's, pretty simple it doesn't seem to have as many branches but then again i'm also not super well versed in flash lore so it could be way more complicated than i'm thinking
1: it is yeah well i I just assumed as a marvel fan that dc stuff is complicated uh but you get the magneto family <laughs> tree i think i think the the magneto family tree is actually worse than the summers family tree but that's just me i'll have to take your word for it <laughs> well you got the whole thing with uh quicksilver and scarlet witch's parentage and that's been retconned more than anything i can think of that's true yeah anything i can think of but anyway today we're not talking about that family tree we're talking about the summers family tree today so i happen to love the history of the summers family and um elias i feel like you're a little bit newer to it because x-men wasn't your thing before recently Correct. Yeah. Um. But after a couple of years, I think we've seen just about every one of these summers in the current Krakoa era of books. So you, mm. you at least can do like a spot check. Yeah, I
0: think the only ones, just a quick look, I think the only ones we haven't really met are just like the parents. Like the right, progenitor parents on this list, and they don't seem to have much going on.
1: Oh, we could we could talk about the first summers because of the uh, recursive time loop that actually names them summers. Oh God! You see, because uh, somebody Scott went back in time, and his great grandfather or whatever immigrating to America uh, took that as a name. Okay. So if he hadn't, it was like a grandfather paradox. If he hadn't gone back to tell his grandfather that name, his grandfather would have never named anyone that name. Oh boy. Oh yeah. Oh We're, of course, talking about Scott Summers, the uh, probably most famous and central member of the Summers family tree, uh, mm-hmm. nom de nom de mutant Cyclops. <laughs> Close. Elias, is Cyclops so good or no good? no good? No good. No good?
0: No good. Scott Summers is the worst. Well, I don't oh know if he's God. actually the worst of all of them, but like... I don't like Scott Summers. He's, he is, to be fair, getting a lot better now. He's been getting pretty good treatment in the Krakoa era. But pre-Krakoa, I could take or leave him.
1: Um, That's crazy. I love Cyclops. I feel like a lot of the Cyclops... Cyclops so good, in my opinion. A lot of the hate, I feel like, comes from uh, the animated series mostly and the movies and stuff, like the, the wider cultural understanding of Cyclops. Yeah. I... But in the comic Cyclops mm-hmm. is always like cool because not only... Sure, he has that stick up his ass, but, like, he's also a crazy renegade who, like, will do anything, try anything. Yeah.
0: I mean, I kind of liked him in in the Astonishing X-Men run we did a couple years ago. Uh, Yeah, that's where I learned
1: to to love him.
0: Yeah. But, uh, like, my first introduction to comics, Cyclops, was in Avengers vs. X-Men, and that might be peak not good scott summers
1: um i'm kind of fond of where that falls in the whole arc of his life and career but like but that's here's my thing of course cyclops isn't always someone i want to be friends with or work with but he's always (laughs) someone i want to read about because he's a fucking disaster but he lives in a soap opera so of course he's a disaster okay
0: i guess in in that sense he is good i'm not gonna give you so good (laughs) I won't give you so good
1: on Scott. You'll give him a begrudging good? Yeah.
0: Begrudging.
1: Um, Well, next on my list here is uh, probably the second most famous, like, central member of the uh, Summers family.
0: Mm -hmm. And that is
1: Alex Summers, Scott's brother, a.k.a. Havoc. He is
0: so good. Havoc is so good, you say? He is, but I also, I only know him from the Hellions book. Yeah, I don't think it. I've read very much with him outside of that, and that is, he's the best. He's conflicted. I have no idea what was going on with him still, with his murderous turns. Still don't know what's up with that.
1: I have theories, but yeah, it could be anything. I think Alex Summers' Havoc is no good. He is one of my least favorite Marvel characters. Ooh. One weird thing about Havoc is he, if you look at, like, a list of the X-Men and the Order that they joined, mm-hmm. Havoc is the first addition to the team after the, the, the first... The Five. Huh. He's like a really long, established Marvel character. He's been in tons of issues, like a crazy, more issues than many characters who are more famous than him. Mm -hmm. And Havoc is always a drip. He's always in the way. And he's always um, making a critical error that gets the rest of the team in trouble. This has been going on from the beginning. And then like when comics were going through awful adolescence, the acting out stuff that Havoc was doing got like way weirder and worse. Um, including marrying Janet Van Dyne the Wasp and then, like, dragging her to hell to mm. retrieve their time lost daughter. It gets crazy. Yeah, that's, uh, that's no good. Yeah, no good. So it could be an evil spell. He did get accessed during access and his alignment got reversed. Maybe that still hasn't worn off for him.
0: In the 10 years? Who knows when that even happened in the sliding time scale? I truly could not
1: tell you. Uh, but I say Havoc is no good. He's just uh, like a, uh, I would I would send them packing. Okay. Now those were, for a long time there was only two Summers brothers, but then in um, a '90s comic, I think written by Fabian Nietzscheza,
0: mm-hmm. um,
1: Mister Sinister implies the existence of a third younger brother that was heavily foreshadowed at the end of Nietzscheza's run to be um adam x the extreme who is a character who was kicking around then yeah but he left the book um very suddenly as people tended to leave x-men in the 90s and soon was re- you know after a couple of writers was replaced by ed brubaker uh famous for huh. captain america winter soldier and okay. ed brubaker really wanted to follow up on that cliffhanger he thought that was interesting third summer's brother and that's when he creates the um critically and widely loathed story uh, deadly genesis which introduced us to gabriel summer's vulcan the third and youngest at the time summer's brother oh that's where he was introduced so he's yeah, very recent pretty recent like uh that was 2004 ish or near about 2003 2004
0: so he was really only kicking around for a few years
1: before he got sent packing into the the rift Right. Yeah. And, and it's so I, so good or no good, Elias?
0: <sighs> no good.
1: Yeah. I gotta
0: give him the no good. He's kind of fun to watch as the unhinged maniac, but like no good.
1: I gotta begrudgingly give him a pretty good while you read X-Men Kingbreaker against my recommendation. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. Um, which does not, make, like, uh, Vol- as you know, Vulcan had pretty, um, ignoble, uh, beginnings. <laughs> he did not seem like a good character when he first showed up. No. So I think it's really a testament to, um, mostly Hickman, who, uh, used Vulcan in his Fantastic Four run a little bit, and in his Avengers run a little bit, and then in X-Men, finally. Mm-hmm. That I really am compelled by Vulcan, and I really like his presence now, and I think starting so low and getting so high has gotta account for something. Okay, that's fair. Is my argument uh, for for Vulcan? I re- he's an X Men red right now. I really like uh, him as a character in that. He he is bringing like a unique energy. Yeah, no I don't pun really want to. S-
0: <sighs> <Boo. laughs> <laughs> I don't <laughs> really want to see him go away anytime soon at this point because I think I think there's a lot that could be done with him in in an interesting way.
1: And he's one of the uh, titular kings in War of Kings, and we all know how I feel about that series.
0: This is true. All right, so what about what about Adam Extreme?
1: So here's the <laughs> thing, Elias. The family tree I am working off of, uh, as you can tell, is... Um, oh my god, I'm having a, a brain fart. Uh, who's the designer for X-Men right now who does the logos and the data pages? Uh, Muller. Right, Tom Muller, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so this is a Tom Muller uh, family tree that got set up. And the big addition to it... Besides that, it was printed officially in an X Men comic, which hadn't happened in a very long time, is Adam X. Uh, now, you have been reading X Men Legends, Elias, you said? Yeah, I have been. Uh,
0: for those who don't know, X Men Legends is essentially a series of, you know, in continuity stories from different time periods in the X Men, you know, canon created by original creators from those eras so we got some larry hama stories we got some fabian Nicieza stories the simonsons came back mostly writers they haven't really gotten a lot of classic artists which is a bit of a shame
1: yeah it's, it's mostly a uh, hot new artist kind of drawing in an old style yeah well so the first three issues of that was an arc about adam x the extreme and um for all intents and purposes confirmed that he is the fourth summer's brother um he is not the child of uh, of uh, Chris, uh, Christopher and Catherine Summers, um, but of Catherine Summers and uh, Shiar. And uh, consent issues in this story have uh, changed in different uh, tellings of it, but they're not good. And there's some like genetic tampering by Shiar. What's it? Um, but it doesn't. But for Convoluted all intents and purposes, stuff. Yeah, all sorts of 90s stuff, but the point of that three-issue arc was Fabian Nicieza came back to be say, yes, I always meant Adam X to be related to this family. Um, Adam X, if you're not aware, his power is if he touches blood, he can turn it into fire. That's pretty cool. It's pretty 90s. And I'm oh, sure they, I, they call it like volkoplasmoid eruptions or something. Ugh. And uh, he carries around a lot of uh, knives to, to expose the blood so he can turn it into fire. And he wears a backwards baseball cap, and he's got a stupid little soul patch. No good. No good, you say? I mean, he is peak nineties. And the nineties were no good.
0: Uh, and the nineties were no good. I could I could leave him if he if he disappeared into the sunset and never came back. I would be satisfied.
1: You know, I really want to say he's so good, um, but the truth is, I just feel like uh, he's clearly got potential, because I was excited when um, he got brought back into the fold, and I don't know, I feel like Adam X kicking around out there could show up and really uh, mess things up in the Shi'ar Empire for uh, Empress uh, Zandra and her court, and that sounds kind of fun to me, but it hasn't happened yet, now I'm just uh, pitching you my story. You're waiting. You're waiting for for another another big space war. Someone's out there and is going to do something cool with Adam X. It just hasn't happened yet. But okay. Fabian has a nose. All right. Um. Anyway, so those four are now the Summers brothers, and that's kind of the center of our timeline. But it's real sprawling. But before we get too far afield from it, we got to talk about Christopher Summers, uh, the dad of most of those boys, uh, also known as Corsair, his numb to space. <laughs> <laughs> is Corsair so good or no good?
0: So good. He's the deadbeat space dad, and he's three times better than every other deadbeat space dad in the Marvel Universe.
1: I mean, yeah, it's a low bar. It is.
0: He's out there flying around with, is it the Star Jammers?
1: It's the Star Jammers, which is a cool name.
0: Yeah. And I kind of wish he was the deadbeat space dad that showed up in Guardians of the Galaxy 2 instead of... Ego,
1: the terrible deadbeat space dad. Kurt Russell would have been a mean Corsair. Right? Corsair's got a great mustache, but I'm going to say no good. Have we agreed on
0: a single person? No, we are 0 for 5. (laughs) (laughs) Oh no. Why do you say so good or no good?
1: Both because, like, uh, yeah, he's a deadbeat dad who's hooking up with a space skunk lady. But also, like, I feel like I've read a bunch of Starjammers comics, and Corsair doesn't really have any motivation. Corsair is just kind of like a boring hedonist. His hedonism doesn't have—it's all surface level, and there's nothing to him. I think he's just a very shallow man.
0: Mm, gotcha.
1: All right, that's
0: fair. Who's next on the tree?
1: Well, if we're talking about Christopher Summers, we got to talk about his wife, Catherine Summers. She doesn't have a codename. She's just around to be dead. But is she? Is Catherine Summers so good or no good? Uh, boo. I don't think I've read a single comic with her. It's very unlikely. Um, yeah, I guess I, it's like with, uh, Adam X. I want to say it's so good, but like, it hasn't happened yet, but there's gotta be this like parallel timeline where Catherine became Corsair instead of Christopher, right? And it's gotta be better than this one. Well, just like, <laughs> I, I don't know. There, all these people got cool code names and stories and I, Catherine Summers, I just wrote mom because that's all she is. She's just a mom and she could be so much more.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so, I guess, potentially so good, but at the moment, because her only character is dead and mom, no good.
1: Yeah, we're doing this on a binary. I guess we really uh, backed ourselves into a corner here. Yeah, a little bit. Um, On the other end of the spectrum, very alive, but less immediately related to them, we have Christopher Summer's uh, longtime paramour, Hepsiba. Does Hepsiba even count? I
0: mean, yeah, ten- 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 tangentially on the tree
1: because she's like a stepmom right i guess she in the first issue she came over um and hung out with rachel at the barbecue in the first issue of x-men
0: like x-men number one hickman or x-men number one
1: yeah x-men number one hickman with that first issue where they had the summer's family barbecue hepzibah was invited to the barbecue yeah. yeah um i guess i guess that means well one second we'll put that we'll do that in a moment i'm adding somebody to our list There we go. I was waiting for that. (laughs) Yeah, I can't believe I forgot that. But before we have to talk about that, we have to talk about Jean Grey. Because uh, Jean Grey is at the... We're about to talk about a lot of uh, potential alternate reality children, and Jean Grey is the mother of many of them. So is Jean Grey so good or no good?
0: I mean, looking at this tree, it looks like almost all of them. But uh, I would say so good. Yeah, so
1: good. Yeah, I... You know what I think about Jean Grey? What? I think Jean Grey is Marvel's Superman, and they should position her as such. Huh. I base this on in uh, Grant Morrison All-Star Superman. He has that great monologue at the end. About how, uh, because of his superpowers, he can like see the interconnectedness of everything in the universe. He can see how we're all made of the same star stuff. Mm-hmm. And Jean Grey has a very similar monologue at the end of Tom Taylor's X Men Red. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was just realizing, yeah, because of Jean Grey's like incredible powers and her, her deep compassion, she like has this cosmic awareness and understanding of stuff, and she chooses to you know be a cool superhero. Yeah, I like really- I like that that
0: positioning of her. It it also gives her. A more central role than, you know,
1: her, her names have tended to give her, especially now as Marvel Girl. Yeah, just let her be Marvel Woman. It's the name of the publisher. There's never been a Marvel Woman as far as I know. Has there been a Marvel Man? Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, Elias, are you kidding? Is this a real question?
0: I'm I'm blanking. I'm blanking. I know there's Miracle Man, but that's not Marvel. He
1: is Marvel Man. Miracle Man is Marvel Man.
0: Oh, right. They got sued. They
1: got sued for calling him Marvel Man, changed it into Miracle Man, and then due to the most complicated lawsuit in American fucking history, Neil Gaiman ended up solely with the rights to that, which he then sold to Marvel. Yeah, Marvel hasn't done jack with it. I think they republished one of the runs.
0: They did well they were they were going to be finishing it with with Neil Gaiman and I think Mark Buckingham. They were going to finish their run and they got halfway through it or partway and then something happened and they Neil Gaiman's lifestyle star rock
1: style is what happened.
0: <laughs> I guess so.
1: That Neil Gaiman from a different era. Yeah. So Gene Grey. Yeah, Gene so Grey so good. Uh obviously. Gene Grey fucking rules. Yeah. They keep on making bad movies about her because they know how much she rules.
0: Yeah. God,
1: what a waste. Um, hasn't been in as many movies. Emma Frost, who uh, was a longtime girlfriend of Cyclops's from the end of the Morrison run pretty much until, uh, until the Bendis run. God, that was stupid, Brent Bendis. But so Emma Frost, like longtime girlfriend and wasn't invited or wasn't didn't attend the, the Summer's Family Barbecue.
0: Could very well have been invited, but maybe wasn't to avoid
1: the, the awkwardness. Yeah, or maybe she just isn't into barbecue. She wears all white all the time. Can't get barbecue sauce off an all white, like, vinyl jumpsuit. You know she would she would figure out
0: some way, some way to protect her, her suit.
1: But seeing as she is the mother of a potential future Summer's child, I uh, thought it was important to count her in. So Emma Frost, yes. I say yes to Summer's. So good or no good? So good. Possibly the best. Top five X-Men for sure.
0: I disagree with that second part, but I agree with the first part. I think Emma Frost has proven to be so good both
1: as a villain and as an anti-hero and as a kind of actual hero. Yeah. Yeah, and she could run that whole like that whole moral spectrum and never you never break the character. Yeah. Because she is so deeply motivated because she is such a textured and interesting character. And she can turn into diamonds. That's pretty cool. I can't turn into diamonds. Would you, you want could... to though? Yeah, I can think of a lot of advantages. I guess. I guess that's true. Well, if It'd you were very like hot, a diamond, though. if you were a diamond, you got like eczema. Would that be more itchy or less itchy?
0: Hmm, that's a question for the the X Men books.
1: Yeah, Jerry Duggan. I <laughs> this is up to you, my dude.
0: We we need to bring back uh, Strange Tales or or not Brandach. Answer those
1: really deep questions. That's what I I want it, but yeah, it will. It remains a mystery. In the same vein as Emma Frost, we got to talk about Madeline Pryor.
0: Yeah, I don't know if I can give her a no good or a so good because I haven't encountered much of her.
1: You pretty much but, recently just read one of your, your first issues where she was central. I feel like
0: yes, in since in the Hickman run, not Hickman, you know, in this current era, she she played a, a pretty big part in a Hellion's arc and was very central to some of the really good emotional stuff, but she was basically I hate to say it, she was basically a prop in that emotional stuff. Like yeah. it was about her, but she was not active in it. But now that she's back, yeah, I'm I gotta give her a so good with the eye towards the future. But I don't know what she was like in like the Inferno era when she dragged everyone to hell.
1: Is I, that what happened? To she Limbo? Brought, she brought hell to them. Oh, Uh, It's cool. Daredevil fights a vacuum cleaner. Hold on. Repeat that? Uh, Matt Murdock, the man without fear, Daredevil, Uh has a fight, like a fist Uh fight, with a vacuum cleaner possessed by a demon. (laughs) Yeah, Inferno's good. Um, When I was a kid, and like a a kid, a teenager in my early 20s, I didn't like Madeline Pryor because of (laughs) how complicated she is and what she represents. Okay, yeah. Yeah, Because, you know, if you're new to this conversation, Madeline Pryor for a long time was... um... Do you know how she first showed up, Elias? Wasn't she... she... There's
0: something with the convoluted... Jean Grey was dead. And so yeah, Jean, Jean, Jean Gray Grey came died. back, and but then they revealed that that Jean Grey was actually a clone, and her name no, was no, Madeline no. Pryor. No, no, no. jumping
1: way ahead. For a long time, this was a mystery. So what had happened was Madeline Pryor, before she got—everything happened to her, she was a cargo pilot. Okay. She, she flew planes, and at the end of the issue where, Cyclops, where Jean dies—or um, I or an issue around there, at least— um, you see the phoenix force like engulf this plane uh-huh and that's and madeline Pryor is in there and so you're so that's kind of the mystery like why is that going on why is the phoenix like drawn to this woman who looks exactly like Jean? and scott falls in love with her and but the thing is that she's not gene very much she's never heard of Jean. she's got no connection to any of this and the clone thing was the twist that starts inferno oh but that's a huge retcon before the that twist there's 10 years of comics where madeline Pryor is like certainly not jean gray thank you very much wow i mean i hated that as a kid this confused me and angered me and i was like why does this have to be so complicated but obviously madeline Pryor has gone on to be about like wronged women and to like represent the shitty ways uh we would write women in comic books in Mm -hmm. at a time and um the i feel like the opportunity that everyone is feeling right now is now we they're centering the story around madeline Mm -hmm. um and letting her like take take back some agency which of course was like the question at hellion's was like are we allowed to give this crazy lady agency and they decide yes at the end
0: begrudgingly they begrudgingly
1: did it so i gotta say so good i was a no good kid she might be the first one that we agree on no we agreed on jean gray and emma frost Okay, yeah, we agree on all the on the Summers women, it turns out. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, that brings us to um, James Logan Howlett, the man they call Wolverine.
0: I, I hear the uptick. Why, why the uptick?
1: Well, Wolverine's not the parent of any of the children in the Summers family tree.
0: No, but we, as was established and or speculated on from X-Men number one's data page... Wolverine, Uh, Jean Grey, and Scott Summers are in a triad or potentially just connected by Jean Grey. Just swinging? Yeah, we don't know. We've never seen it close up on the ends. We've only seen Cyclops and Jean Grey and Logan and Jean
1: Grey. We've seen uh, Scott and Logan in swimsuits drinking beers. Yeah, but they've done that for forever. Yeah, that's why they still do it, because they're very in love okay anyway i just if we're counting Hepzibah because she got invited to the barbecue wolverine got invited to the barbecue and whatever the label they want to give him i feel like uh invited to the barbecue makes you a summer's family member yes if um, he's
0: if he's invited in a more traditional way via bonds of matrimony or whatever or if it's more of found family he is invited
1: or, if you don't read into the whole cyclops and wolverine thing because you're stupid maybe you think they're more like blood brothers <laughs> or whatever I
0: don't know. Cyclops seems like way too much of a buzzkill to let that be true.
1: Yeah, but he's, like, super loyal. That's fair. Except when he's not. Except when he's cheating on all of <laughs> his girlfriends. Um, See? No good. Uh, But Wolverine's so good. Yes. Wolverine's, Wolverine's so, good. so good. They write a lot of comics about him. The old Knucklehead.
0: Yeah. Perhaps too many comics about him.
1: Well, they keep writing them because I keep reading them.
0: I'm looking at the list, and I'm afraid for the next name.
1: Yes, well, so we pretty much have covered everyone in the um, parent generation and like the the children generation, but now we're getting into uh, the younger generation, and we have to kick that off with Nathaniel okay. Charles Christopher Dayspring Axamisan Summers, the man they call Cable. Oi. Now we've seen a lot of iterations of Cable over the years, but mm-hmm. most of them, many of them are supposed to be the same Cable. Sure. It's the same guy traveling through time. Yeah, he gets a no good from me. Gets no
0: good from you? He gets a no good from me because of that because of that. You don't like that time travel thing? He he is th- If I thought uh, Adam X the Extreme was peak 90s, I think Cable is the opposite end of peak 90s, uh, and I don't like either of them. (laughs) It doesn't mean I can't like a a Cable story or a Cable version, but, like, Cable across the ages, no good.
1: I gotta give Cable the So Good. I mean, I've gone back and read the 90s Cable series, and it's really bad, and we're going to talk about other characters from that series in a moment. Um... But every Cable-centered comic from, like, 2000 onward has been great for me. Hmm. Okay. Um, That's just—he's gotten, like, uh, 20 years of excellent comics, some of them his own solo series, and other ones uh, with him playing a central role. But uh, Cable is great. And furthermore, I think the thing that people uh, don't understand about Cable— Is that um, despite the fact that he's like this gruff, tough guy, Mm -hmm. he's not into bottling up emotions, and he's like very, he's like, and he's a very good listener. And I think those are nice things about Cable.
0: It's the it's the praise Cable day.
1: Well, we don't have to praise every iteration of Cable because now we got to talk about the Age of Apocalypse version of Cable, who never was called Cable. He's Nate Gray also known as X-Man. He gets a no
0: good from me. He's kind of a dull character and he kicked off Age of X-Men. X-Man, which had one good comic in it, which was The Extremists. The rest yeah. was all kind of okay to bad.
1: Yeah, yeah bad verging on okay. Yeah. Um I'm going to have to give X-Man else. I'm going to have to give X-Man a no good too. Uh you know, he He has overstayed his welcome from Age of Apocalypse. Yeah. He was in a run of New Mutants where he was kind of like this, like, rock star, hippie, shoeless Jesus figure, and that was kind of fun.
0: Okay, that that does sound like fun.
1: Elias, off the top of your head, if you had to guess um, how many issues were in the x Man solo series... How many would you say?
0: When did it first start running?
1: Um, it's definitely a 90s series. I can't find the number, shoot. It's so many more than you think it is, though.
0: Yeah, I was gonna
1: say, I'm like, wasn't it, like, 70-something? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, God. Way too much. Incredible, though. Yeah. The '90 the 90s, we gave X-Men, like, 100 issues. Oh, God. Yeah, X-Men gets no good for me, too. He- he's, like, verged on interesting a couple times, but, like, never. he's never sealed the deal. Hmm. All right, next we got Rachel Gray Summers, uh, who I guess she's prestige right now. I guess. That's her code name, I think. Uh, she's been Marvel Girl. She's been Phoenix at her best. Mm-hmm. Um, so good or no good? So good. So good. You she's thought about great. that for a second. Hmm? You, you thought, thought about that for a second.
0: Yeah, because I was getting her and Hope mixed up for a second. I was like, Ooh. what did Rachel do? I was like, I had to remember which comics Rachel was in. Um...
1: um that's not a good sign, but but you ended you landed on uh no, so good anyway.
0: Yes, yes, I did.
1: I gotta give it to her too. I mean, she's been she's another one who's been around longer than you might think. She is, in fact, uh, has of all of all these children, she's the one who appeared the earliest. She uh, beats Cable's appearance by at least five years. Oh wow! If not ten, um, so she's like a long-running classic X Men character. She's a um, core member of Excalibur, and you know, okay, I'm gonna give her so good because, and I'll tell you why. I like her uh, psychometry powers, where mm. she can, like, touch an object and see its history. Mm-hmm. That's super cool. That's a cool superpower.
0: That is a pretty cool superpower.
1: All right. Next on my list, we've got another Cable. This one is Evil Clone Cable, the one we call Strife.
0: Yes. He gets a so good because his hat is so stupid. I, I am a... Didn't know- it is purely on that. Otherwise, he gets put in the same bucket as Cable.
1: You know, I uh, was going to... I did not know what I was going to say, but you convinced me. So good. His hat is so stupid. <laughs> um, and that's it for alternate Cables. But next up, we've got Ruby Summers. <laughs> the only person on this list who has not appeared in any uh, Krakoa books that I know of. Huh. I did not know that. Uh, I guess there's two characters who haven't really appeared. But yeah, we haven't seen Ruby Summers at all. Do you know Ruby Summers, Elias? I uh, no. Ruby Summers is the uh, daughter of Emma and Scott. Huh. And uh, and she can turn into uh, the ruby quartz that Scott's glasses are made of instead of diamonds. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That's so silly. Which is very silly. I got to give her a so good. She's appeared in very few comics. But um, I like that Scott and Emma have an alternate future kid, too. The Scott's just stupid with these alternate future kids. <laughs> you mentioned Hope Summers. Uh-huh. So good or no good? Mm, so good.
0: But again, yeah. I don't know too much about her. Just that she's part of the Five, she helps with the Resurrections, and she's getting more of a, a prominent place in Immortal X-Men going forward.
1: Well, I was about to say, and one of the reasons why I'm giving her a so good, which I am, is um, her series Generation Hope was one of the first series that Kieran Gillen wrote for Marvel.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. That that explains it.
1: And the series before that, actually... Uh, the cable series that's really like her series, her origin uh-huh. series. Um, the cable solo series from like two thousand five yearabouts, two thousand seven mm-hmm. maybe. Um, has the first ever Marvel art from Kieran Gillen, often collaborator Jamie McKelvey. Huh. So, uh, so uh, both Kieran Gillen and Jamie McKelvey, the uh, the wicked and the divine team, are like really connected to Hope Summers, and she's got like a lot of great comics to her name.
0: That's wild.
1: Isn't that wild to think about? Yeah. Um, but next up we have my the, my favorite name for a person on this list. Um sometimes he's been called Genesis, but he is known as Tyler Dayspring, son of Cable. Oh, I didn't know Genesis
0: was the son of Cable.
1: Different Genesis. Different Genesis? There's three characters, unrelated characters, who have used that name in X-Men comics. No. There is Apocalypse's wife, Genesis. There is Evan Sabinor, the young clone of Apocalypse, who was known as Genesis, my favorite of them, and Tyler Dayspring, the first Genesis. I I
0: can't give him anything. I don't think I've ever read read a comic with him.
1: But don't you love that Nathaniel Charles Dayspring and Oksani-san Summers... Nathaniel Charles Christopher Dayspring, Aksani-san Summers, named his son Tyler. <laughs> you couldn't have made up a more 90s name for a character. Like, you couldn't make Tyler yeah. Dayspring work today because it's too 90s a name. Yeah, I, it actually sounds like a boy band name. Yeah, it does actually sound like a boy band name. Maybe, maybe you just solved it. Maybe Tyler Dayspring should end up in Mojo World as, like, a American Idol thing. <laughs> Perfect. We've yeah, done it. T- so good, no good. Tyler Dayspring gets a, who's that? <laughs> and, and next and last pretty much, we've got the um we have what would be Cyclops's grandson Corsair's great grandson hyperstorm, also known as Jonathan Richards
0: again, have I ever read a comic with this character uh I one have zillion no idea. percent
1: no <laughs> but um in one alternate version of the feature, uh, Rachel Gray and Franklin Richards wed. Which is weird to think about now because, like, Rachel Gray is, like, a 20-year-old lesbian and Franklin Richards is, like, a 13-year-old asshole. (laughs) I guess I just described the plot of Star Wars The Phantom Menace, actually. (laughs) Yeah, when they hook up, they have a kid named Jonathan who goes by the name Hyperstorm. Hmm. He shows up in some weird late 80s, early 90s stuff that is not very good, in my opinion. Fair enough. So he gets no good from me. I also, so I wanted to point out that Franklin Richards marries Prestige, if I recall in that story. So uh, he's a Summer, Franklin Richards is a Summers by Marriage. Okay. And I just wanted to point out that Alia Dayspring is the mother of Tyler Dayspring, Cable's, one of Cable's many wives in the future. Uh-huh. They all die. Um, no. But her code name is Jen Scott, which is a bastardization of Gene and Scott's name as history has forgotten who they are. <laughs>
0: Oh, time travel. Whenever we try to look into the future, it always sounds so silly, and it can never prepare us for how silly it actually will be.
1: Well, the best part about looking into the future is it doesn't tell you about the future, it tells you about the present. Because yeah. if you name your character Tyler a thousand years in the future, you're telling me that you're in 1992. <laughs> you're not wrong. And anyway, that's the uh, Summers family tree, and I feel like it's not that complicated, right? And did anyone here like really bend your brain?
0: Um, no, but we didn't really get into any of the specifics of, like, Cable, and we didn't deal with the (laughs) young ones that went back in time, and, you know.
1: What's so complicated about Cable? He is uh, Scott and Madeline's kid, but he was raised by Scott and Gene when Gene got all of uh, Madeline's memories and went into the future. You're proving my point. And then, when (laughs) Apocalypse infected him with the techno-organic virus, um is when um, Rachel had to became Mother Oksani and taught her little brother how to like meditate and shit. Yeah, it's not complicated at all. No.
0: We should probably cut to commercial before anyone else's heads start to explode. <laughs>
1: we'll see you then.
0: Hello, podcast listeners. We're the hosts of the DC3 cast. I'm Zach. I'm Vince. And I'm Brian. Each week, we discuss most of the new releases from DC Comics, focusing mainly on Rebirth, Wildstorm, and Young Animal. We also look at the news of the week, discuss the film and television adaptations of DC material, and dig into industry rumors. We've also had a number of DC creators on our show, like Scott Snyder, Jim Lee, Christopher Priest, Steve Orlando, and Joshua Williamson. So, if you like Borat jokes, My, my wife. wife! Bad to end the do impressions, This is bad, what the f***? And an in-depth look at DC each week. Join us every Wednesday morning at MultiversityComics.com, Apple Podcasts, or your podcatcher of choice. Come get jergens with us so i looked it up during the break uh and x-man did run for 75 issues and one annual
1: how has storm not had 75 issues but x-man has because there's no justice in this world you could say that about any character like how has uh x-man had 75 issues but misty knight has not
0: yeah oh god x-man i think it was 95 to 2001 think that was how long it ran
1: 2001 that's too long
0: (laughs) it's not even the 90s anymore leave x-man behind uh well we'll see if he if he makes any more reappearances but for now let's talk about something that doesn't make us sad
1: you're talking contemporary marvel comics yeah yeah i mean most of them don't make me sad yeah i feel like uh there's a bunch of i feel like i'm not reading too many things like things seem like they're they're kind of winding down i don't think that they're winding up at at the time of recording this which is late spring early summer yeah 2022
0: started off with a lot of resetting a lot of series is ending a lot of series is starting and because marvel can't seem to keep a you know a numbering alive uh most of the series that we've been reading that were billed as ongoing ended at six issues or 12 issues and are coming back under basically the same name. For no reason.
1: Yeah, they're still doing that old game. What What are you keeping up with? I'm Trying to think what I'm keeping up with. I
0: mean, I've been keeping up with all of the X books as I kind of need. I try to keep up with all the Marvel books in general, but I felt I've fallen behind the last couple months. But I've been mostly sticking with Jin Luen Yang's uh, Shang Chi, which is one of those series that's getting renamed to Shang Chi and the Ten Rings or something. Uh, at issue twelve, Karen Gillan's Eternals. I've still been loving that. Ends at issue 12 to get ready for A- Avengers X Men Eternals Judgment Day. Oof. <laughs> Oof, indeed. <laughs> you know, uh, for me. So, I mean, that's been most of it. I've been loving the new Moon Knight series. Zeb Wells' Amazing Spider Man has me so excited. I have no idea so what's going to happen in that.
1: Yeah, I, so I read, I'm reading Zeb Wells' amazing Spider-Man and I have no idea what's going to happen and I trust Zeb Wells, but so far it hasn't really like lit my world on fire.
0: No, I'm 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 ready. I'm ready and and waiting for for more issues. But you also we'll get into it another time. We're not going to get into it today. You also do not like the art.
1: Oh yes, we are going to get into that another time. I do not care for the art. Um, that might be that might speak for a little bit of my lack of enthusiasm. Yeah, um, but we'll talk about that at great length in the future. Um, I'm following Daredevil stuff, Woman Without Fear. That stuff is all cool.
0: Yeah, I don't think the first Daredevil issue since Devil's Reign has come out yet. It might be out by the time the episode releases, but Marvel schedule has gotten so screwed up that. We can't even make general predictions of whether or not an episode, uh, an issue is coming out between when we record and when we release.
1: Oh yeah, the in the back of the X Men books, I keep panicking because they keep on telling me books have already been released because the versions <laughs> the the versions I'm reading, I guess, haven't been updated.
0: It, they may not have even updated the files because it may have been like the printouts or whatever, or you know that's what they're sending to the stores and that's what. That's just what it's going to look like.
1: Um, but so I'm keeping up with the, the the whole Daredevil corner of the universe, and if they, I if a Luke Cage book spins out of uh, Devil's Reign, I will jump the heck on that. I'm very excited for Luke Cage's new status quo. Oh yeah, that's going to be really fun. As as Mayor of NYC, that's uh, yeah. Luke Cage as Mayor sounds so fun.
0: Yeah, can we get that book? Can we basically get Ex Machina, but but for 2022?
1: And with Luke Cage and without John McCain. Yeah. Or you could put Ghost of John McCain in Some people may find that tacky, but I'm kind of interested in that uh, notion. Um, I'm following uh, Rainbow Rowell's uh, She-Hulk. Oh, I haven't actually been reading that since the first issue. It's really slight, but it's very pleasant, Mm. and I love She-Hulk. Oh, there you go. And it's got attractive art. Yeah. Um, yeah, I feel like uh, I don't even know what's good with Marvel right now. Well, (laughs) not much. Strange. I've been reading Strange, um, and that's been pretty good. Oh, you know what I've been reading? Elias, you know what I've been reading and I have a lot of opinions about? Is it outside of the X corner? It is. Okay. I don't is, know. Yeah, you don't know my X-Men opinions. Is I'm reading uh, Jason Aaron's Punisher run.
0: Oh, I haven't actually
1: gotten to any of those issues yet. So the thing is, if you're, if you're listening to this and you don't know what the story is with that, uh, Jason Aaron is writing Punisher. Who's the artist on that? Do you remember? Um, no. Jesus Saiz and Paul Azacita. Oh, oh. Yeah, you know those. You like those guys? Well, Jesus Saiz is,
0: is hit or miss. He did some Doctor Strange with Mark Wade a while ago. He, his stuff is very, fo- uh, not photorealistic, but leans much more on the realism side. Yeah. Whereas Paul, uh, how did you say it? I, uh, Paul Azacita is what I said. Azacita? I, I'm not sure. I've never said it aloud At- before, but Paul's art. Uh, has, he did, um, Outcast with Robert Kirkman. Mm, I right. loved I, yeah. that.
1: I, I I haven't read it, but I've, I've skimmed through the art. Mm-hmm. Well, so they're the creative team on this Jason Aaron Punisher book. So like interesting artwork and, um, But the book was announced, Punisher has not come back uh, since the series got canceled uh, during COVID. And I feel like in that time, uh, politics have shown that uh, certain factions who feel a strong solidarity with America's police forces have taken the uh, Punisher skull as a label of their movement, uh, a vigilante who does extra judicial killings. Mm -hmm. And either the irony is uh, lost on them or uh, the, the irony is the point. Yep. Um, and so I was waiting. I was like, when's Marvel going to bring back out Punisher? Is Punisher going to go after the police now? That would be really controversial and make some headlines. But what they announced was Jason Aaron, fresh off of him having a scandal involving um, accusations that he was writing Pocahontas into the Conan the Barbarian comics.
0: Yeah. Yeah, was... right
1: after the week that was happening, his Punisher comes out. And his in this in this comic, Punisher becomes the master of the hand. And... That is, yeah, not the direction, putting Francis Castiglione in charge of this ninja clan doesn't really seem like it's doing a lot to uh, reclaim him from, uh, you, you know, from these white supremacists. Yeah,
0: nope it seems uh it seemed ill considered but we also hadn't seen the book yet so
1: yeah so i'm reading it and it is still ill considered but it is weirdly compelling and i every month i open it because i find it shocking Mm -hmm. um it it's (laughs) i mean (laughs) Uh, i don't know what to say about it (laughs) I'll spoil the 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 twist in the first issue because that's kind of the premise. Okay. So it turns out that Aaron's creating this uh, mythology of the hand, which is a lot more uh, textured and detailed than they've been drawn in the past. They, in fact, pre-exist the nation of Japan also. Okay. So the so the ninja, uh, which he tried to do to distance himself from the ninja things, kind of like when Marvel was like Hydra isn't uh, Nazis, and also the United States fought a war against Hydra in 1945. Remember when that was a thing? I do. That was fun. Yeah. So, um, but the twist at the end of the issue is that the hand using the resurrection powers have resurrected uh, F- Frank's wife. Oh. And she is still full of bullet holes, but but oh. otherwise walking around and, and okay. Uh-huh. And she's like living in this castle with him, and that's how they're controlling him. And I think that I've seen stories about like maybe bringing Punisher's family back from the dead before. I, so like, uh, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. This isn't like an original or exciting idea, but like, damn, if it isn't like darkly compelling. And him kind of being like the a weird figurehead of murder. The hand yeah. he loves him because he's the most prodigious and prolific murderer.
0: I kind of like that as the as the twist. It's not like he came in and took over the hand. It's the like.
1: You're gonna sit here, and everyone's like, "Okay." Well, and so uh, the person, the the villain who's declared war on the hand now is Ares, god of war. Uh, right, your- as I'm telling you this, you're like, "That sounds weirdly compelling."
0: Yeah, I know some of this work was being done in Daredevil with the the hand and and whatever that other organization that there's th- was it like th- the palm, the closed fist, the open. There's the slap. fist. And there's
1: the chaste. Okay, I'm, that's what they are. Okay, can we just bring the foot in? Well, go the, full circle. Well, the, yeah, the, the foot is uh, owned by a different con- Is IDW? Uh, that that's true. Well, the heel. There we go. Ooh, I like the heel. It could be a the team of uh wrestler assassins. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess uh we're gonna have to do a big comics catch up.
0: Yeah, at some point we're gonna have to really really dig in and be like, what's good, what's not. Outside of the X stuff, because we just do so much <laughs> of that.
1: Well, that stuff is really good right now. It's not it like is. Uh, the Hulk, the Hulk comics or the Guardians of the Galaxy comics are really happening right now. Did you just say the Hulk comic? Uh, yeah, it's not happening right now. Oh,
0: Okay, I was like, I I don't believe you. I don't believe that the Hulk is happening.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's happening, but it, I wish it wasn't.
0: I do. Be- we- I was gonna say before we go, I wanted to just bring up one one book that I think we should touch on because it's it's still. It's just such a weird book, and I kind of love it, but I also am like, I don't know if I should. <laughs> Which is What's that the Marvels, the right? Kurt that music. book was also very controversial. Yeah, it, it's kind of controversial in part because Marvel was like, we don't want to have the Vietnam War exist in our universe anymore, as like the cent a central conflict in the same way that World War Two still is. Um, they, so they created. But then they
1: went mm-hmm. and published a comic called Vietnam. Where Venom is in Vietnam.
0: Yeah. Well, Vietnam still happened. But uh, now there's an additional war called the Siang Kong War, which happened in a fake country next door to Vietnam and was kind of like involved with it. And it's this whole convoluted mess. And I think Kurt Busiek has been doing a really good and somewhat compelling job of making of like actually intertwining it into the universe in a way that doesn't feel like they just slapped on a new war and was like, ah, all those countries are interchangeable and you just get like this awful taste in your mouth.
1: Um, Yeah, I love Kurt Busiek and this is exactly the kind of thing I would uh, trust him to handle very well. Yeah. I know I know people find the entire venture ill-advised yes. and I actually don't have a strong opinion on that. I, I, I encourage you to turn to others for that, but I do think Kurt Busiek has good intentions and will like find something, some meaning in the mess.
0: Yeah. So I, I guess I just wanted to bring that, because it's, it, like, the book's coming out once every other month, and the art's always interesting, they're all good. I feel like the project definitely changed from when it was originally pitched, both to us and to Marvel, because of that change. Mm-hmm. I just get this feeling that, like, whatever, whatever he's doing, but he's getting to flex those, those you know, those Astro City retcon muscles, and I always enjoy it when he's in that mode.
1: Totally, totally, totally. And um, uh, irredeemable was that? Wasn't that... Wait, am I mixing him up with Mark that... Wade or some shit?
0: I think Mark Wade did that one. I know there was a spinoff of it. Irre- yeah, yeah, it was.
1: Uh, yeah, it was Mark Wade. Well, Kurt Busiek and Mark Wade are uh, of a kind in my mind.
0: Well, Mark Wade did do the the original retcon of the Xian Kong War in his History of the Marvel Universe. That everyone was That's like, right.
1: "What?" Yeah, well, yeah, I guess the, those guys uh, flocked together. Um, the last thing I just remembered that I'm reading that is a trip. Mm -hmm. is I started catching up on Fantastic Four stuff with The Reckoning War.
0: Oh, how is it? I have been avoiding that book.
1: A lot of people, most people don't like it, but I've been following Dan Slott's comics pretty much the whole time he's been in that. Mm -hmm. And um, starting with his She-Hulk and into his Spider-Man, and a lot of times he teases this Marvel event that he wanted to write called The Reckoning War. Mm-hmm. Um, and what's so weird is he's doing it in Fantastic Four right now. He's like, really? He's finally writing The Reckoning War. All of his 20 years of foreshadowing that I've been following are finally paying off. And I sense a butt there. But it's not touching anything else. Like, uh, the moon just exploded, and nobody in Avengers or any other book knows that the moon exploded. The moon exploded? Yeah, the moon exploded, uh, and a bunch of other crazy shit's going down, but... It it feels weirdly like weightless and formless in the universe, like it already doesn't matter. Yeah, that's a shame. Uh, but it's it's kind of it's fun. I I wanted him to to land this, and he's uh, he, Dave, He's kind of off the rails, so no one's telling him no. So he's just doing whatever he wants, and I like Dan Slott's comics. Okay, I wonder how they'll they'll handle all that. I wonder how it's gonna read to you when you read it, like it or not. Uh, yeah, that's true. Probably not. Uh- <laughs> if I know anything. We should uh, probably wrap up for today, but uh, next time, hopefully, the Marvel books will be a little bit more exciting because new stuff is around the corner.
0: Yeah. I don't know. Well, we're gearing up for the, the summer events or I guess the big summer event. Um, I'm trying to think what other big announcements have been made for for these books, for, for the Marvel slate, but I think they've, they had their summer thing. I don't think they're doing all that much. Because of all the
1: supply chain issues, they don't want to, you know, that they, they don't want to announce something and then have it be three months late. Well, I hope they. I mean, there's there's so many announcements that they announced they were announcing and then didn't. So I really hope uh, there's something exciting out because I could use I could use a shot of new life.
0: Kind of yeah, especially because I think most of the series going on right now are mini series and they're wrapping up.
1: Yeah, they whatever something maybe out of uh, Judgment Day something big something big will come.
0: Yeah, they're they're probably waiting. They're waiting. Maybe maybe this will be the year that, that Jason Aaron moves off of Avengers, but I don't think that's going to happen.
1: Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah, they, all the old guys are writing stuff that I'm reading. We we need some uh, fresh blood.
0: Yeah, for sure. Oh, they're losing Conan. Yeah, they're losing Conan. I saw that. Which is weird. Conan should be in the public domain. <laughs> that name should be in the public domain at this point, but it's not.
1: Um. Yes, it should. Yeah. And I'll leave it at that. Yeah. Anyway... Next time, we're watching Modoc. Yay! Oh, yeah, we are watching Modoc. I uh, I hope I like it. <laughs> I don't know. I, I watched it already. I <laughs> watched it months ago. So I, I know, know my I opinion. Know. Well, uh, I'll find out at the same time as you do, I guess.
0: Yep. So until then, where can they find you on the larger interwebs?
1: Uh, folks can find me on Twitter at rambling underscore moose. Uh, you can also find me at as, uh, ramblingmoose.tumblr.com. That's right. I got back on Tumblr in the last couple of weeks. Oh, geez. It's the best place for severance fan fiction. And you can find me on multiversitycomics.com, which is a pretty great website, and occasionally on other great websites, such as comicbookherald.com. Elias, where can folks be finding you? They can find me writing here at MultiversityComics.com
0: and they can find me on Twitter with about the same rate that I was at before um, Musk decided to, you know, catapult it into the sun. Uh, At Quetzel-ish, that's Q-U-E-T-Z-E-L-I-S-H. I I am the secret fifth Summers brother, uh, and I get the grade of not good. (laughs) Uh, So, I'm writing at Multiversity Comics, I'm doing a whole bunch of stuff, uh, been do- reviewing the Usagi Yojimbo series on Netflix. It's fine, I guess. I'm I sad. like Usagi Yojimbo. Yeah, I'm sad the show isn't isn't good. Nah. You can read my reviews there. Uh, and yeah,
1: welcome to the summer. We'll see you in the Casa de Modoc. Excelsior.